Hi, everyone. This is Mark with CFO Bookshelf. Is it time to be rethinking scenario planning and stress testing? That's the topic that Bruce and I hit coming up next. Welcome to CFO Audio Bookmarks, the voice for continued growth and learning for financial leaders. And now, your host, Mark Gandy. And Bruce, I'm looking at the above the fold section of the online Wall Street Journal. And so above the fold for the last, I want to say the last three days as of this recording, above the fold has not been necessarily about coronavirus. It's been about the stock market. And then then you have your multitude of stories about uh, COVID-19. But here's what I want to make a point about. And I, by the way, I know you read the Wall Street Journal, right? So on on the homepage, as of the day we are recording this, right in the next section below the above the fold, is that a term? There's an article called, This Sweet Ingredient Deserves a Permanent Place in Your Pantry. I smiled when I looked at that because of all the bad news we're being exposed to you had that nice, feel-good article. This sweet ingredient deserves a permanent place in your pantry. So, Bruce, as I was thinking about the show, I thought we may want to do an audible. We could talk about something light, and we did have a topic, but we're doing the audible because we're going to talk about, guess what we're going to talk about today. We're going to talk about the virus. Exactly, exactly. I would like to ask you, so as a chief financial officer, what have you been doing? What what have been some of your critical activities that you maybe even started a week ago or maybe even 10 days ago? Uh, what are some of the things that you you've been doing in your company in light of uh, in light of what's going on around the world? Well, I mean, I, and, and I guess I'll start off, the first thing I'll start off with is it's, you know, you always, when we, when we talked about this audible, it felt a little bit apprehensive because it's, it, you know, it's one of those things where, you know, not being an expert on it um, and really kind of going through something for the first time. And as, and you've known me for a long time that, you know, one of the ways that I, that I deal with, with stress and anxiety is through humor and, you know, this you know, there's always that concern when you when you take on a topic like this that you know are you going to take the right approach and you know, take the right level of um, you know, take the right level of seriousness and not be one of those folks that gets on tape not taking something seriously. So you know, I just kind of wanted to preface the conversation with that. But to your to your other question, you know, in part, and even even back, um, you know. Our, our CEO Ken Ullman, has always been, you know, is a is a conservative business manager. So we run the business and and we run the business at, in a responsible manner where we don't really leave ourselves off balance. So I think the first thing is just the 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 way we have approached the business has lent itself to um, to weathering a storm like this. Uh, we've um, watched our debt loads. Uh, we've <clears throat> we've kept ourselves uh, in a very a, a very good liquid uh, position. We haven't um, 
we haven't overtaxed um, our resources like lines of credit, things like that. So we have those elements, we have those things available to us to to weather a storm, whether there's you know disruption in some of our cash flow um, or any of those any things along those lines, or frankly, you know, in in times like this, sometimes opportunities present themselves to um, to do things a different way. So we we will have those resources for that. Um, additionally, we've uh, because we do spend a lot of time on the road, we've evaluated what the right thing to do was for our business and for our people. Um, we've begun to look at what would, how would we be able to, um, how would we be able to to manage the business in a remote uh, environment? Um, we're we're in contact, uh, you know, we're in contact with our customers. We're looking at our sources of and our products that require a more face-to-face type of thing and look for different ways to um, to be able to perform those that don't require um, large gatherings, things along those lines. And then really, um, you know, and, and we were just on the conversation a while ago, really looking in and honing in on what is the value that we bring to the market uh, and making sure we're emphasizing that um, at this time. Scenarios. I want to read two quotes to you, if that's okay. Yep. And this is from a book. And I'll give you the book title after I do these two quotes. These are not long. Uh, No matter what future takes place, you are much more likely to be ready for it and influential in it if you've thought seriously about scenarios. That's quote number one. The next one is, Scenarios are thus the most powerful vehicles I know for challenging our mental models about the world and lifting the blinders that limit our creativity and resourcefulness. So about a, I think about a week ago or two weeks ago, did you start your scenario planning, correct? Yeah. Yeah. We've been, we've been thinking through, you know, the what ifs, um, for, for for some time. And I would venture that, drum roll, I would venture that three, four weeks ago, there were probably some organizations who had still not been stress testing their business models or looking at the various scenarios. Would Of course, we're getting into opinion, but do you think that to be true? Yeah, I would, I would imagine so. Um, you know, I would think that in the, you know, in your fortune 100 companies and, and those sort of things that there's a, there's a protocol for disaster recovery that kicks in, um, when, when something, when something like this starts to, you know, starts to become, you know, starts to become probable there, but you know, it on, at the, at the more small and medium sized business level, you're 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 busy you're busy managing the business. You're busy doing you know, doing the things that that your customers that your customers are are immediately demanding. It's easy to get caught in that role. And um and so it would it would it would seem very very likely that some that it just wasn't wasn't top of mind at the time. 
The book is called The Art of the Long View, and there's actually an article that I wrote on CFO Bookshelf earlier this year. In the in the book, The Art of the Long View, there's also another comment I really like. It's called Scenarios Are Not About Predicting the Future, Rather, they are about perceiving futures in the present. I love that comment because as we do our scenarios, we're not we're not predicting because whatever we predict will probably be incorrect. So you take Disney, one of their scenarios is we're down, we're shut down for two months. And then they'll have the recovery scenario. So we're not predicting, we're looking at, okay, what, what is one possible outcome? And then, okay, what does that look like on paper or in a spreadsheet? Uh, what does this other outcome look like? And then it allows you to start planning for it, right? Is, is that how you view a scenario planning? Yeah, yeah, it's, it's, you know, I take it more from the what's the, you know, what are the things to be dealt with versus trying to, to envision, envision the, the situation. It's, it's, it was funny as I was, as I was getting ready this morning and then just looking at what, what's, what, what our current situation is like, you know, it's got, it, it's got a little bit of, of a lot of different things. You know, you've got the financial element of, of the financial crisis, you've got, the um, the kind of hunkering down that was a you know that came from 9/11 and you and you know the uh, the the kind of retrenching and having other priorities uh, to look at and then you know the, the SARS outbreak you know is, is probably one of the, the bigger you know health crises I guess that we've that we've seen in in, in recent history. Um, as well, but it's, um, but you know, so to try to to try to guess the the thing or the the scenario itself, or, or try to try to guess the event, that's you know, there, there, it's it's impossible to it's impossible to to predict at the time that there's any. It's hard to predict with enough time to do anything about it. Um, you know what that's what what the actual event's going to be. I, I, if you don't mind, I like to throw out three tips for scenario planning. Okay. And, and I do this at the risk of, Mark, these are so obvious. But I'm also going to, I'm going to come from the position that maybe you've never been doing this before. Because I'll even mention to some people, are you stress testing? And I use that term because I, I used to work in banking. I came up the ranks at Pete Marwick and did a lot of bank auditing and have been in a board position uh, with the financial institution for about 10 years. And it's just, it's just stress testing is what we do a lot. And you usually do it around interest rates. And it's like that concept should apply to us in the non-banking world. So again, I don't, I, I, I want to make the assumption that there are going to be people who aren't doing this, but I would say tip number one is as you define your scenarios, give them names, give each scenario a real name, because you and I, when you and I got started in our careers, I'm going to go, I, I, I've got a dollar bill that I have in my wallet 
a dollar bill says, and you don't need it to bet. I'll just give it to you if I don't, if I, if I lose a dollar bill says your first scenarios that you ever did in spreadsheets, best case scenario, worst case scenario, bankable scenario, or most likely, I bet that's the scenarios that you did early in your career, right? Same here. Hit it. Same here. And I think we need to change. And, and in a way, most, some of our scenarios will be like that. Uh, scenario planning, by the way, came out of the uh, it came out of the Air Force during World War II in the U.S. Now, I'm not saying it wasn't done before then, but in terms of historical documentation, that's when scenarios first came to be that we know about. And then some smart people said let's bring this to the business world. So this would be post-World War II. So I'm sure they were looking at worst case scenarios, but I'm still going to say in our scenarios, tip number one is name them. Give those scenarios a name. And I'm thinking like an e-commerce company where maybe orders dip 30%. Come up with a name for that that scenario. And, and a, a way to think about that name is the why the why that's causing that particular that that particular potentiality or outcome. So give it a name. Number two, as you start your scenario planning, it's got to be cross-functional. So everyone has a seat at the table. Everyone has a seat at the table. And that's mainly going to be your department heads, the managers. So you're doing this not in a vacuum, but co- together. Now, when I say seat at the table... Where, where is that seat at the table? I would have a little mini war room, some type of a mini war room. It could be your conference room. It can be a big office that's not being used, but some type of war room there, you can be, you know, congregating and re, just re-updating uh, the, the scenarios that you defined. And I'm going to give you an example of that here in just a couple of minutes. And then the last tip, and I've already mentioned it, is again, be stress testing. So one thing, if you can't come up with the different scenarios, at least stress tests. So I use e-commerce as an example. What does a business look like if we have a drop, 30% drop in orders over the next 60 days? What is the outcome if we have a 25% or a 20% drop? Now you can see what cash is going to, what's going to happen to cash. What does your liquidity look like? Uh, what measures will you have to take in the short come should these events come into play. Now you can start figuring out here's what, here's what needs to be done. So those are my three tips. Bruce, you want to add to those subtract even you want to rebut? No, I think those are, um, I think that is probably, that is a good list to, to kind of, to, to work around those. I mean, definitely, you know, to not, you know, not over, you know, not overemphasize one or the other, but that, you know, taking those, taking those probable outcomes and then taking, you know, what if it's, what if it's the worst, you know, what if it's, you know, the best case, worst case, probable case and run it through the cash flow model. And, you know, that, that's, uh, that's the ultimate, you know, and, and a lot of the, the things that need to be done short term for decision-making also, you know, kind of fit into that, into that exercise of, 
of stress testing things. And I, I'm glad you hit on the one point that's one of the things you always emphasize is at the end of the day, the only thing that matters, say the only thing that matters, but it's the, the cash flow is what you got to talk in terms of because that that's what you, you've got to know what that cash flow, what that cash flow profile is going to look like, you know, three, six months, a year out. And then, you know, even a small blip is going to have, you know, has ripple effects down, you know, well down the road. Bruce, you said something at the at the top of the show. I was reluctant, or you uh, let me finish my thought there. You said something at the top of the show where I was I was really relating to you. Uh, maybe some reluctance on hitting this topic, and it's like what 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 is there to what else is there to be said? I mean, you cannot you cannot go to any news site without this being the lead. I know a lot of us are sports fans, and and again, sports is is in the lead with with a lot of the shutdowns. You know, Major League Baseball, uh, NBA, uh, a lot of teams. Uh, we just found out we, we have a, a kid who is very involved in NAIA sports as a, as a coach. Um, you know, one of their uh, championships has been put on, well, not on hold. It's been canceled. So what else is there to say about this? So then I thought, well, how can we be helpful? How can Mark and Bruce be helpful? And one of the ways is just talking about scenario planning. And the other way is I want to bring attention. You, you and I read very widely. And so I'm, I'm assuming uh, you read a lot of the content on McKinsey's website. And so I, I'm getting their alerts almost like daily uh, for content. So they have what's called a briefing note. It's called COVID-19 briefing note. And the first one was on March the 2nd. And then they updated it uh, March the 9th. And so this, I'm I'm for certain this will be updated over the next week. So what they do in this briefing note is they look at the possible outcomes so yeah, they're doing scenario planning. Well, I don't know if you, they're not, they're, you could say they're pro- scenario projecting. And so as you go down, and this will be in the show notes, so as you scroll down on this very lengthy and informative article, there's a section called economic impact. And they look at three scenarios for COVID-19. And scenario number one, and again, they've got names, quick recovery, Number two, global slowdown. And then number three, global pandemic and recession. And the way they lay this out is really a good teacher for us who are practicing scenario planning. They've got their assumptions and then they've got the expected economic impact. Now, I'm not going to read through those, but I want to go down to the last part of this brief. And it's their seven actions that businesses should be taking during this crisis. And the checklist is outstanding. Do you mind if I read some of these, Bruce? No, this is, uh, this sounds like it's going to be good. The number one is protect employees. And a lot of the businesses I've been affiliated with the past two weeks, I mean, that's been the number one focus is taking care of employees. And by the way, this checklist, and again, there'll be a link that you can look at this yourself. Uh, it is in the form of a checklist and they've got some bullet points under each one of these, each one of these key points. So protect employees is number one. 
Number two, and I guess I unwittingly in my list, you know, make sure that this is a cross-functional activity when you're doing uh, your scenario planning. Their number two is set up cross-functional, set up a cross-functional response team. And then number three is what you have been doing, test for stress, ensure liquidity, and build a contingency plan. So that's number three, test for stress, ensure liquidity, and build a contingency plan. I, I want to go ahead and just get it out there, Bruce. There will probably be some businesses who do not recover from this. Would you say that's a true statement, Bruce? Yeah, that would, um, I mean, something of this magnitude, it's, it just stands to reason that, you know, even the smallest slowdown in business or, a, a, you know, a change in people's behaviors could be the end to a business. And so, I, I mean, I hate to say this, I think the strongest are going to survive. You're in, you're in St. Louis, Missouri, so you got the St. Louis Cardinals, and I think their home opener was going to be in, in about two weeks, so we don't know what MLB looks like in the short term. They've got uh, NCAA basketball implications, so there'll be no NCAA games uh, over the next week. I, I, I'm not for sure when those were supposed to have been uh, played. Uh, well, th- there was there were supposed to be some volleyball tournaments and other things here this weekend. So you got other sports, and you got restaurants and hotels who depend, who had been planning for those events, and there may be some smaller, smaller uh, shops that may have to say, you know, can't can't get by. So number four, stabilize the supply chain. And I only work with one manufacturer, actually two, but one of them is more of a service type manufacturer. Uh, we may have a little bit of a slowdown where the food industry may not be a big issue, but one plant I'm a little bit concerned about is, will their supply chain be disrupted? Now I'll say this, they tend to overbuy, so they ha- they do have excess inventory, so they may not be in too bad a shape. But I think that supply chain, especially where it's a little bit complex, the, the number four for some organizations may need to be number one. Uh, number five is stay close to customers. Number six, practice plan with top team through in-depth tabletop exercise. Leave it to McKinsey to put that on the list. I don't know how that one is done. I mean, they they talk about a uh, game playing, role playing. Uh, that that one's uh, that I think yeah maybe in the Fortune fifty, the Fortune one hundred, mm-hmm. and then number seven, the last uh, checklist item is demonstrate purpose, and they say support epidemic efforts where uh, possible. They gave an example of uh, companies making, you know, masks or doing something. Well, we had a, you had a tequila company making hand sanitizer, I believe. Hands, okay, perfect example. News, so yeah. so that, that list of seven, uh, is there anything that you could add to that? Um, I mean, I, I don't think I'd, you know, I don't add, I wouldn't add, I wouldn't add anything to it. Um, there, no, no, I, I think there's 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 certain elements and there's certain things that you can you can bring to you can bring uh, 
to the process under each of those categories. But, you know, when you're looking through that, I mean, those are, they, it's that, if there's, you need something to help focus attention, I would call this list a, you know, an extremely valuable resource. Uh, McKinsey in this article, they have some narrative about each bullet point and under liquidity, uh, their comment is companies should model their financials. So that would be cash flow, PL balance sheet in each scenario and identify triggers that might significantly impair a liquidity. So if you're not doing this already, start. And then I would update daily. I don't know how many businesses, when I got, when I started my practice, Bruce, about 20 years ago, I, I had this thing that everyone needed to do a 13 week cash flow forecast. And as I got older, as I got older and got a few gray hair, gray hairs on top of my head, it's like, no, you don't need to do that unless there's a a reason to, there's got to be a purpose. This is a time where you may want to pull out that 13 week cash flow forecast or the eight week or the 120 day, but pick a time period that you may think will be required. Again, it could be a month. It could be two months. And when we say weeks, it can be days. I mean, if you, if you work in like e-commerce or retail based organization, I would convert your, your aggregated level of uh, time. I would disaggregate down the day instead of using week. But if you're not scenario planning, if you're not doing these scenarios, start right now, that's going to add value to your company. Well, um, um, maybe, maybe the way you just defined it, it's overkill, but you did, you introduced us to the 13 week cash forecast, um, when I first stepped into the role here at practice link. And that is the, that is the document that me and my team meet around, um, every couple of weeks to, to ensure that that particular, that, that that particular process is, is in front of us and under control. And what I like about that too, Bruce, and we made this comment earlier, it's not like you need to be predicting. You don't need to predict. Uh, you can lay out the numbers and you can then look when you get finished. It's like, can we hit these numbers? I mean, you, you, it's almost like if it's wrong, your assumptions are wrong. It's not that the numbers are, are incorrect. It's okay. Where are our assumptions uh, potentially flawed? And that way you can kind of get out of the prediction forecast because the predictions are always going to be, I mean, they're going to be wrong, right? Well, they will, although um, this is true confessions. We, at the end of the week, we look at the, we look at the cash amount and we look at what we expected to, to collect at the beginning of the week. And um, I'll, I'll say to, to kind of blow the team's horn a little bit, um, we're often within, you know, hundreds of dollars of that. Why, or not, why, why am I not surprised? <laughs> uh, well, you're, you all, you yeah. all have an unfair advantage. They got Bruce <laughs> on the team. That's a, again, a little bit of an, un, well, that's impressive. And a, and a recurring revenue model, which, <laughs> well, I'm not sure which one of those takes the, takes the lead on that, but, uh, but it's a, uh, it, there are some times when it's, you know, it, it, it is, it is pretty predictable. You know, we pulled an audible and we are 28 minutes in. And so we need to wrap this up. I want to go back to something you said at the very beginning, you said sometimes you approach, you know, situations like this, you prefer approaching them with, with humor. 
So I would say definitely find some humor that you can <laughs> find some humor that, that, that can bring some peace of mind <laughs> as, as we're going through this, because th- this will, this will, this will pass. Uh, it, well, and, and you're right. And it, it, it will pass. Um, you know, these are, you know, it's, you know, sometimes we, we look at what our parents or grandparents talk about. And I know my, my father-in-law is, is, is notorious for the, you know, having these, these large industrial size, you know, sizes of detergent and hand sanitizer and stuff like that. And having a second one in the closet, um, there. And, you know, I think it's where we kind of learned that those experiences, we, we learn from these and we grow from these experiences there. So this is an up, you know, these are, these are difficult times, but it's also opportunity to grow um, and to, to, to build some strength in some areas. Can we, can, <laughs> I hate to put you on the spot or embarrass you, but oh uh, in, a, in a prior meeting that we were a part of, you used, you said something. I thought that's, I like the way you said that. Didn't you say never, what was it? Ne- never waste a cry. What was it you said? Ne- never let a, never let it, never let a crisis go to waste. So there will be some company, every organization is going to be impacted somehow. I mean, there is, I don't think there's any organization who will not be impacted by this, even if it's somewhat indirectly, but there will be some more so than others but even for those that are not as impacted, your what you said is very insightful and not trying to make light of the situation. What you said is, I think, spot on. Yeah, yeah. This is these are the times to to be creative. These are the times to, again, the kind of the. I think it was I think it was Tom Peters or one of those that that said the ready fire aim and and a lot of a lot of different management um, experts have, have used that term as well. And, you know, these are times when, you know, our clients, our customers, our employees are looking for us to step up. And, you know, these are those times to try to, you know, find, you know, to, to find different ways to do things, to find different ways to bring value. And, you know, these, these are the times when it really sheds light on where those opportunities might be. Bruce, we will wrap up. Good conversation. Interesting. And again, I hope the purpose of this was to be useful, uh, to be helpful, because like you said, Bruce, you and I, we are not experts at this. I I share that hope and I appreciate you bringing the topic to the table. All the best uh, with your company over the next week, two weeks, next month, and uh, we'll be right back at you next week. So see you later, Bruce. Thank you.